0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Bold Perceptions. should be your favorite podcast by now, so we thank you for tuning in again. On today's episode, Nick and I discuss some of the recent documentaries we've seen. We discuss the famous Tiger King, fantastic docuseries, just absolutely crazy. We discussed Logan Paul's uh, documentary that he has on YouTube that at the time of this recording I hadn't seen, but I have since then seen the pod- or the documentary and it's good. It's good. It gives you a real inside look on his life. And then we also discuss a few more. And so I think it's a good time to check out documentaries. They kind of have a lot of information um, They help you think quite a bit and so take a listen to the podcast and take a look at the documentaries let us know what you guys think of the documentaries and then also give us some suggestions we're always looking for them always open to watching new things so enjoy the episode make sure you guys like comment subscribe all that fantastic stuff and enjoy
1: Woo. I'm back, Jake. I'm back. I was, uh, I was feeling a little out of it the past week. It was a sore throat. It was a weird one. It, it was, it was holding me back. I don't know if it was the corona or what, but I mean, I haven't been sick for a week for a long time.
0: I think you might have had it, man.
1: I feel like I've had it twice because I've had the chest pain one which is like really hard in the chest and like the, the breathing and that went away. And then I got this just brutal sore throat the past week. And then um, like a ton of uh, philemi, whatever it's called in your throat, where yeah. you're constantly like lugging and stuff. It was interesting, but today I feel good. So that's, that's good. And then also the Italian curve is um, going down whatever those stats and graphs are, so that is good news, and like the more hospital beds are open and and things like that
0: you still uh locked down, right? then extended again
1: yeah, to um i think I think Easter or uh April thirtieth I think April thirtieth, yes, so locked down for a whole another month there, yeah, but I mean, I think after that they might let us out the cage or let people go back to work like the 6 a.m., the 6 p.m. thing. But you guys, oh, good luck, you guys.
0: Yep, yeah, we're just starting. Um, we're in Minnesota right now. We're locked down to the 10th. But I'm just going to go ahead and guess that's going to be extended.
1: Yeah, I saw stuff that uh – they just keep doing it in increments so people don't go nuts. You know, it's easier to take, which I think is smart. That's kind of what they've done here. But I saw that they they, they shut down beaches and stuff in, uh, in Minneapolis for the whole summer. And if people don't know about Minnesota, land of, I think it's 14,000 lakes, not 10,000. That's a big thing, the summers, because they're beautiful and everyone going on the lake. Now, if they shut down lake life. That sucks.
0: Yeah, uh, so I didn't see that, but I'll take your word for it. But I didn't see like the docks won't be opening in Prior Lake, Spring Lake area. Um so they really closed all the beaches for the summer? Uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Jesus. The State Fair, they're talking about canceling. I'm going to guess that's going to be canceled.
1: Yeah.
0: I just hope they don't cancel the NFL season But I mean it's gonna Yeah, going have- to
1: well- they said I got a call from my coach here we might play in May so I mean I'm not sure the percentage would be a shorter season and stuff so so we'll see what happens but anyways let's get into um some interesting stuff i uh I've been watching documentaries lately obviously i I watched the the Tiger King when it came out and Wait. I told you guys to watch that right away because that that was something else huh that was the most
0: interesting, wild documentary, docu-series, whatever you want to call it, I think I ever watched. I was going in, low expectations. I, when I, I first saw it come on to Netflix, and I was like, I'm not going to watch that. I just like looked stupid. And then I saw all these reviews, and I heard you were saying it's great. My family was saying it's great, so I was like, screw it. I'm going to try to watch the first episode. I did watch the first one at around 11 p.m., Knocked out three more until around 3 a.m., went to bed, woke up the next day after work. I was right back in it.
1: Yeah, that world is, it was unreal, and it was just character after character, and I, I I've heard, like, I don't know where I heard it in the past that those people that are really into pets have issues. Like if someone's, like, really, really into, like, animals, like, they're, it's like a safety comfort thing. I don't know, but... Yeah, those people are <laughs> there's something else. I I I like that Joe Exotic though. I just I couldn't get enough of him. He was just one of a kind.
0: I liked him. He had a very uh charismatic personality. Uh, I think the most sane one too was either the uh drug dealer dude, the one that Scarface was supposedly based off of or Joe's husband with like the one tooth.
1: Yeah, um the doc guy. I mean, they're all cults. Uh, Joe's, is, the, Joe's is like a, you know, they they kind of knew what they were into with a bunch of misfits, and they they got to play with the animals, and they were all kind of bonding with each other. A bunch of you know just characters, but the doc was he was uh, running uh he was something <laughs> else. And then obviously the Carol girl. I mean, she's she's getting money for it all. Everyone's working for free. I mean. Yeah, I, I they made they made her and painted her out to be, uh, you know, um, I bet she's probably suing Netflix or something because she seems like the type that doesn't want to be looked like um, an idiot.
0: Well, dude, her cult—I think hers was the most liked the cult with that whole T-shirt system. That's yeah. just. She's very smart. She's very smart, but she's not likable. She kind of reminds me of Hillary Clinton in a way, like the, her look. And the way she kind of, her mannerisms and the way she talks, I hated her. I hated Carol. I was getting mad at the documentary.
1: Yeah, they all work for free, like long hours. You get, after you work there for so long, you get like a different colored shirt. I mean, Dude, clown you, show.
0: you don't get the top shirt like the after till five years. And she doesn't even know the people until they're wearing, I think it's the green shirt after five years. She doesn't know any of the younger ones. And you have to have your beginner shirt for a year, then the next shirt for two years. I mean, it's just... And the thing about her, too, was she was such a hypocrite. Whatever she was uh, saying they were doing, she was doing, too. I just... I mean, maybe besides the whole breeding part, which I guess was her big fight. She wasn't breeding them. But uh, she was... She's something else. They opened up another investigation into her after the series to see if she murdered her husband. Do you think she murdered her husband?
1: Um, probably or he was mixed in with the the cartels. That was another like uh theory. So who knows? But uh that one uh fat guy that owned strip clubs. I mean, some <laughs> of these people, it's like do they have any self-awareness? Do you see the scene of him uh on his jet ski like just randomly?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had the big t-shirt on, the cargo shorts and the life vest. Yeah. No, he was he was a character too, and then the fact that he is the one that rats everybody out, he goes, I had to do what was right. I had to become a CI <laughs> I was just like Jesus. And the fact that he said he was only getting in trouble for having one of those little monkeys in his cages, he probably had a whole list of charges.
1: Yeah, and Jeff Lowe is a character too. He's uh, he was a weirdo. It's it's weird because I remember um uh, my friend who was at UNLV when I was down there, <laughs> they, everyone was talking about, hey, you can go pet big cats or these uh, tigers and stuff in Vegas because he had that little shop up there. So Ray, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, I remember that. It was like a, a huge deal in Vegas, but yeah, that dude was just a that dude was a, a different duck. And I, I, he set up, you know, probably Joe with the the hire the hitman thing and and all that. I mean, that was kind of <laughs> interesting.
0: A grimy character i think i do agree i think he set up joe i don't do you think joe actually put a hit out on or do you think he deserved the sentence that he got
1: no i don't think i mean i think he might have done the because you so stupid and then <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah all they they want to make like an example or something out of him and I mean look he was making a mockery of the, the governor thing and I mean he was just <laughs> so you know they probably slapped him hard. You know, even the doc said that like hey he got he got hit hard. But um uh, I know I hope after this like he somehow makes it out quicker. I mean, but he let's not act like he's a saint though. He's just not a saint.
0: Well he did himself no favors. If he would have just dropped the Carol Baskin thing and not went and fought her for all that money. And just let it go and do his own thing. He'd still be running his farm, I think, right now. Because that set him back financially. And then after he started going down financially, he just started going crazy.
1: That's the thing, too. And he was kind of self-aware. At the end, as he got bigger and, and it became more about him and the showman and the fame, he kind of lost touch with his roots. And, and it corrupted him. The money and, and then, obviously, the, the attention. So he kind of said that about the chimpanzees hugging each other or whatever, and he's like, you know, damn. So, but, uh, I mean, yeah, what a what a show, what a show. Um
0: thing yeah, I want to say about it quick, too, is I love the way how they ended it with Joe being young and saying, like, he wasn't going to breed him and all this stuff. It shows, because you just saw where he was now and it evolved from that point. I thought that was really good. I thought the people that did the documentary did a really good job And the fact that he kind of went in not knowing what it was going to be and then it turned out to this, was absolutely incredible, too. So I had that documentary, docu-series. I can't get enough of it. I want to watch it again. I really do. It was just so fascinating.
1: Yeah, it was good. Another one I watched was uh, White Boy, and uh, it's about White Boy Rick. Not the movie. It's the documentary. Uh, kind of drug dealer FBI informant at 14 in Detroit and uh, during like the the heyday with the the Curry brothers and and all those people and that one was wicked it really spotlighted the the amount of corruption between uh, politicians in Detroit the cops the dealers and it's sick if you want to like look at You know what? What the how the real world operates. uh, Watch that because it will make you. You know what they say? Those people that always tell you, "Hey, don't even tell a cop anything. It doesn't matter. Give the lawyer. Don't say anything." Like you're gonna do that next time because it's just that documentary, White Boy. I I watched on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's an American Netflix. It's just it'll blow your mind. It's ridiculous.
0: It's on. Amazon Prime, I know for sure that's where I watched it. Um, but yeah that one that one's infuriating. Like, that one makes you mad because it's just so screwed up and just he's so powerless in that situation and the power struggle just pisses you off because he got completely screwed. like there's no way around it. Um, can you kind of give the people like a background on what it's kind of about and like what he did?
1: Yeah, um, fourteen-year-old kid came FBI informant. His dad was uh, a gun dealer, turned informant. Played both, got the money from the the gangs, and was getting Weber from uh, the cops. Then the cops, like after they used him up, like just said, "Okay, bye, screw you," because it got so deep with the mayor, Coleman Young. His niece was dating the top drug dealer uh like the top drug dealer was having the cops like look out for him. Like he was having like like uh, um escorts as in like uh escort him around. Um they were all in on like uh narco deals with plane rides in and, and uh this little kid, the white boy Rick, was literally in the thick of it, like fifteen, sixteen, going to Vegas with the drug dealers, driving around in cars and the whole time snitching and then there's these things that happen with, like, Gil something. He was the main uh, cop in the, the city, and then they all found out, and they're like, yo, he's got to die. They got to kill him. And the cops were, like, in a terrible predicament. Like, if this got out, the FBI, we had a 15-, 14-year-old uh, FBI informant. He gets killed. Like So it was just a total shit show for this kid, and then he got out of it, and then he, that's the only thing he knew because they made him do it during school. So he started selling drugs without police protection now. And then they brought down everything on him. They literally brought down all the corruption. And I mean, it's just it, it, it was sitting there the whole time like this is not right. And this happened, what, in the late 80s, early 90s. He's still in prison. There was this one dude who uh, admitted to like 30 murders. That's out. He did like 17 years. Uh, the main drug dealer... Uh, the Curry cool. brother guy did seven years. And this Rick dude sent to life in prison at 17 at 17. And then uh they shed like recently he got paroled from Michigan, but then he did some uh, phone auto theft over the phone in Florida through the prison. So he, he's in, he's in Florida right now, serving like a five year sentence, but it's, Watch the documentary, and you'll have no faith in uh, the justice system.
0: Well, too, what they did was, since the crack uh, cocaine epidemic was so big in the 80s, Detroit made a law that if you have over 650 grams of it or something, that that's, you're able to get life in prison for that, which was super unconstitutional. That ended up being dissolved in, like, 1998, but for some reason... That didn't apply to Rick. And even uh, Tim Allen, the famous actor, got arrested in Detroit for having more than that. I think, what, he gets slapped on the wrist. Yeah, so it's just super screwed up. And the FBI is the ones that put him in the situation. Like, it's not like he went out and put himself in this and then they asked and got caught. And then they got asked him to be a CI. No, they took this kid, put him into the predicament. And it's just, it's so screwed up. They forced him into it and then they punish him for it. It's, it's terrible. It's so infuriating.
1: Yeah. And then, so like the politicians and the cops had their media plugs. So during like the trial and lean up to it, they framed Rick as the 17 year old kingpin and all the other gangsters were like, what? This dude, they were saying he was, like, uh, ahead of this one gang, this Hitman gang that killed, like, over 100 people in a year. And they seemed like he was the top drug dealer. And, and everyone was like, what the hell? The media was just blowing this thing up. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's sick. It's well, sick. It's
0: kind of crazy, too. And aside from that fact is the fact that this 15-, 16-year-old white boy That, you know, just has this kind of like dorky look, was able to assimilate into this all hip hop black drug culture that they were in there. And he was they loved him, too. Like the drug dealers all loved him. He got along with them. Great. I think him and Curry Curry, one of the Curry brothers was talking about how they're buying mink coats together and all this stuff. So he's pretty damn good at being a CI. I'm not going to lie. Like he got in there. Well, but yeah, uh, it's a crazy doc. And then they're also, they made a movie about it with uh, McConaughey. And that was... I mean, the movie was okay. I thought it was going to be better. But the die do- watch the documentary.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Another one. God, we're, this is going to be a documentary episode. We're going to name it. Uh, so last year, I started listening and watching the Logan Paul's Impulsive podcast. And before that, I, I'd never really been in the the YouTube scene, like uh, for the vlogging and um, all the big uh, like makeup stuff, but there's huge there's a huge YouTube community, right? And uh, but he was a big vlogger, right back in the day. <clears throat> like one of those dudes that do the craziest, weirdest stuff to get the views. and but he blew up, right? And then obviously the there's a Japan thing where he filmed a dead body. We'll and see. everyone turned on, yeah. Everyone turned on him, and he's the worst person ever. This this twenty two year old kid. So he tried like rebuilding his image, or whatever. And then he started with this podcast, and and it's the podcast is fan- fascinating. Like it really goes into the mind of uh, of this kid who built this media content empire, and you know he did it off like this this cringy, loud mouth um, <coughs> content. And so, if you see those vlogs, you're like, "Oh, this kid's an idiot." But then there's like this whole method behind it, and it's just fascinating to see that. And I respect that guy, that guy a lot, him and his brother, for what they built and how they did it, how much hate they received. Like, you know, constantly vlogging, constantly doing all that. It's it's incredible. But anyways, I uh, I watched a documentary he did. It was on the fight going up with the, this KSI. This other like uh, youtuber guy, the first one, and like this was gonna be his comeback story, right and like get back in the public's eye and and he's rebuilding his image but the documentary like uh covers the the Japan incident when he like hit rock bottom and him like fighting to get back up and it's it's forty minutes it's on his YouTube channel and it was unreal it was amazing it goes so in depth to like behind the scenes of what these YouTubers, these, these uh, e-celebrities like really go through. And, and, you know, it, it, it was really good. And what I really loved about it too, was the bro- the brotherhood between him and his his brother, uh, Jake Paul, who's also like a massive YouTuber guy and how it like these kids from Ohio from nothing blew up, you know, living in LA, these mansions doing the craziest things you know, half the world hates them, more than half the world. They got, like, a uh, a super hyped-up fan base of young kids. They're selling merchandise. But they, like, created this this internet wave to make tons of money with this content. And it's just been them, these two guys. And no one else can relate to them. They did it themselves. And, like, throughout the whole thing, like, they have each other's back, like, brother really, brother love. And it was... It was unreal. It, the documentary was was amazing. I just find that world, that YouTube world, so so fascinating.
0: Oh yeah, I haven't seen the documentary uh, of the Logan Paul one, but the YouTube, uh, that whole YouTube world, I was gonna say, is super fascinating. What goes into it? I feel like him and his brother were the first big bloggers. Bloggers, um, they're kind of the ones that kind of feel like. Created that lane, that wave for other people to come in. Um, And Logan Paul's podcast, I've listened to some of it. You have some really good guests on there, too. Like, some controversial guests. I know they brought on the Kansas State Gun Girl, and that one was interesting. They had an Alex Jones. Uh, That was crazy. Um, So, Logan Paul is an interesting character, by the way you made that sound. I think I should check it out, because he... They're smart. People think, like you said, people think they're stupid, but I mean, not not at all. And I like Logan more than Jake. I don't know. Is Jake pretty smart? Can you tell through the documentary? Was he who was kind of was Jake? Because Logan's the older one, so was Jake kind of just following his big brother, or does he really have kind of a brain in him too? Because I know you got to be somewhat smart, but kind of get what I mean.
1: Yeah, I think. Logan just turned 25. Jake's like 23, 22. I don't know. But, um, I think they, they really did it together and they definitely know what the hell they're doing. And the character, they played a character like in their vines and their, um, their vlogs, uh, this, you know, it's like themselves, like intensified to the extreme. Cause you know, the, the jumpy camera and the crazy stunts and what are you going to do next? The top to get more views, get more views like in this world. and, and, um, no, like, it, the, here's what I just, I can't, I, 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 like, admire so much is that they do this crazy stuff and it's so, like, cringy or whatever to a lot of people and and too much, but they're able to weather the storm. They're able to take all that heat because it only makes them bigger each controversy makes them bigger and then they avenue it and they're still doing good stuff I mean making maybe young kids laugh I guess and and whatever but you know just to go from Ohio to two brothers and just take over like the internet and take over LA they're throwing the massive parties they're with all the big celebrities and and I just there, there's this this method and madness behind the scenes and it's just these two kids. And how they did it is 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 pretty neat. And that documentary really kind of goes into it. But it was wicked seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff of uh, this Japan thing with the, the dead body in the forest. Because, you know, when you're at that level, like you're blown up on the Internet and everyone's just waiting for you to make that one mistake to attack. You know what I mean? Just, I mean... Okay, yeah, I guess it's bad. You film a uh, a suicide body in Japan to get views, okay? But it's not like he killed someone. It's not like he did, like, the worst thing in the world. But the amount of hate and the amount of, like, psychos going after him, because they showed it all, right? I mean, it blew my mind. Imagine the whole world, the whole internet. You know, that's not the whole world, the whole real world, just literally telling you to go kill yourself. Like, (laughs) I mean... And then to beat that, it's pretty impressive.
0: Well, it was even more than the internet. Because it was all over the news, cable news. It was all over the place everywhere. Um, and then people were acting like he was the one that killed the person. He's the worst human in the world. And you, like you said, it is kind of messed up to film a dead body. But like, I don't... I remember when all this happened and all the outrage coming on, on the internet. And I thought it was kind of stupid. But it's just, I, that's such an overreaction. As You're right. People are just sitting there waiting for him to fail. It's almost like they're, you know, a little jealous of him because he's made it out of the Midwest, got out to L.A., like you said, partying with all the big celebrities. So that was that was fascinating to kind of see.
1: Oh, I mean, look at his life. I don't care how stupid you think these vlogs are. The dudes lived 10 lives. And four years, you know what I mean? All the crazy stuff they do. I mean, that would keep my life interesting. Um, You know, jumping out of planes and filling up your pool with, you know, like bouncy balls and jumping I mean, they just do whatever the hell they want. It's crazy, right? But, uh, but I also piece where I really, and why I'm talking about this is um, it goes to show like what is really behind the scenes of stuff. You see some stupid vlog it gets all these millions of views, you're like, "Oh, that guy's an idiot. That's like anyone can be famous, anyone can do stuff. But you have no freaking idea of what they had to go through to get there, what they currently do, the process behind it, the marketing, the I mean, it's fascinating. And that's uh, it was a big like eye-opener for me because I'd heard about this vlogging stuff and these viners and stuff. and now I've listened to this podcast and seen this documentary. And it's like, holy crap. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing what really goes on.
0: And then one other thing that they started that's been pretty popular lately is having, like, a content house with the Team 10 house and then whatever Logan's house was. Because now you see there's all these TikTokers with houses and there's all these other content homes. So they really were kind of the pioneer in this new age digital media
1: yeah that's those that's a whole new whole other topic because um there's big money behind that stuff now big investors and and uh that is very interesting but yeah they really uh they like uh seemed like they were ahead of the curve you know they get the the mansion rented out put 10 people in there take 20 percent of what they make uh You know, it's constant pushing. It's fascinating. It's crazy. It's really, really neat. But, yeah, check it out. It's the Logan Paul boxing documentary. And also another fact is they made uh, these two YouTube guys, like, sold out arenas, the Staples Center for a boxing match, made, like, $20 off the fight. I mean, for boxing. These guys are YouTubers that – created this huge um event and sold all this money live stream plus you know how much people you know uh don't pay for live streams too they get the 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 cheating one or whatever so but it's that's another thing is how they're able to do this stuff it's you got to give credit where credit is due
0: that boxing stuff is crazy the amount i mean i was interested in it i don't know if you were but i was fascinated by watching it and then they did Around two, and now I think Jake is about to fight one of the other YouTubers again. So that's it's it's really genius. And like you said, the fact that they're able to sell out the Staples Center is just mind blowing. Two YouTubers that don't, aren't, I mean, they're both in good shape, they're not like professional athletes, were able to draw that much attention and money. So, you gotta, yeah, like you said, you got to give credit where it's due.
1: Yep, so check out his um podcast impulsive and then the documentary. It's um it's good. It's fascinating. Uh any since we've kinda of talked about documentaries, any documentaries you've seen in the past or recently?
0: A documentary I've seen, it wasn't recently, it was in the last few years, was uh Hoaxed by Mike Cernovich. He's a How should I describe Mike? He's a former uh men's kind of lifestyle guru that moved into the political scene in 2016. So he's a journalist. A lot of people would maybe call him outright. I hate that term because I just think it's a way to label. And I I don't think he is outright. I've seen him bash Trump many times. And so he made a documentary called Hoaxed, which shows what kind of goes into... The mainstream media when they're making a story. Is it real? Is it fake? And how they kind of play it up, play it down. They are selective with their story. So it was really interesting. And he had a bunch of uh, different... I don't know how you want to describe them. I guess journalists on there to get their point of view. And so it was a really do- well-done documentary. I think it's actually free on his website, too. If you just look up Hoax documentary, you can watch it. But it's really good. It really shows... Kind of goes back to when we talked about Operation Mockingbird and it shows, you know, that news. Is it real? Is it fake? Is it hyped up? Or are they just programming, planting information? And it does a really good job of showing the behind the scenes of that. So I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, Cernovich is a, is a character. I remember probably 2014, 2013, maybe. He, uh, yeah, he was big in that uh, that Manosphere type deal. And uh, he came out with a book that was kind of um, talked about, guerrilla mindset. I actually bought it. I read it. Um, actually, I don't know if I did read it. I know I have it. I can't remember. But he uh, he's different. But he's another case study. I think uh, he divorced his first wife, who had a lot of money, and he got, like, millions from it. And then with that, he took it and started trying to create um, – blogging, you know, online uh, uh, income stream type deal. And uh, that slowly went from like um, the men's uh, area to uh, politics, the the 2016 thing. And he kind of hopped on Trump's thing early. And then that kind of credibility propelled him to where he is now. But he built up a very big uh, audience and he dropped a numerous stories first You know some like controversial stories in politics, and um, like he's got a nice little media thing going now. I mean, yeah, he is to the right, but he's kind of like mixed politics. I I don't know. I've always had this weird feeling about him. Do I kind of trust him? Can I not? But I mean, he does. I think he's another good case study of you know developing a media brand, an independent uh, media similar to. Uh, Logan Paul and, and Jake Paul, similar to, say, Bold Perceptions. We're trying to build our own voice, and, and he's been very successful at it. So, I mean, I have to give him a lot of credit. I've heard about that documentary. I believe Scott Adams is in it because uh, Mike uh, Mike was a big proponent of Scott, especially during the election. Scott Adams is famous for, for politics-wise. He predicted Trump would win the election after the first uh, – Debate, RNC debate, and everyone's like, "You're an absolute idiot. This kid's a clown." And then he kind of documented Trump's rise, and he, he says he's he's left more left than Bernie in the political spectrum, but he's a he's a, a student of persuasion and and these sorts of different things, right? So he would periscope daily, like, okay, here's what's happening here, like, look it from this point of view, you know, and it help you get you out of your bubble, right? It's pretty fascinating, so. Cernovich was a big person with him, and that's how they're buddies. But yeah, I, I uh, if 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 he's talking about the hoax media, I love it, and I bet it was he's fair too, but left and right, or was it more biased?
0: Uh, so yeah, he he was fair, I would say it was because I don't know. I, I get what you mean when you say, it, "Do I?" Cernovich has a weird thing about him. Like, do you trust him? Do you not? And I'm right there with it. I waver back and forth, but I've seen lately too, especially he's been right in the middle he'll criticize Trump he'll criticize the left but as for the documentary was he fair from what I remember for the most part yeah but I remember back I think it was like ninth grade I was in a mass media class and we were watching uh Bowling for Columbine with Michael Moore and my teacher would just point out how it's so easy for the filmmaker of a documentary to kind of warp your mind and go into persuade you lead you into a certain view so i can't say that he didn't do that in this documentary but you can say that any documentary isn't like that so for the most part i think it was fair i haven't seen it for a couple of years i just from he's been tweeting about it a lot lately so i just remembered it it's a good documentary if you just kind of want to see behind the scenes of the media and how they operate
1: That's a great point with documentaries Um, and Netflix gets a lot of heat from it because look, they got to make it a story. They got to make it interesting. Like not, you can't tell the whole truth or you got to kind of put spotlights on certain things and, and, uh, and no Netflix with last chance. You, you know, how many people got pissed off about those different seasons in junior college football and, uh, you know, because they 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 leave some stuff in, take some stuff out. They, they create their kind of envision of it because everything is subjective, right? Like what really happens from your point of view or their point of view? That's a good point. When you watch these documentaries like the Tiger King, like you can easily say what that person, the Netflix people were trying to make you think, you know what I mean? Like that all these people are 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 frauds. They're all uh, projecting, they're all not in it for what they say they are, maybe, and and I think Netflix, though, which was good about them, is they, they at least they didn't show Carol as the saint, right? And they 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 all kind of went behind the scenes of each one of them. So I think that Netflix one was really good, actually, like uh, it was very highly entertaining, but it also let you come to your conclusion like, okay, no one's right here. No one's like uh, oh. the perfect child.
0: It said yeah, they're all bad people than that uh, documentary the Tiger King. But that's what I was kind of thinking while I was watching it. Do they maybe have an agenda against Carol because they did show her in a bad light, but then you go on and just there's so many facts that I hate Carol so uh, but just in general, it's the doc the filmmaker of the documentary has an agenda. And so we talk about it in the media. They have an agenda. So they're going to lead you down the road that they want to, because at the end of the day, they have the ultimate control of it. But you met, you brought up Last Chance you, and that's another good docu-series. Uh, what's his name? Jason Brown, absolute character.
1: Yeah. Um, Jason Brown was supposed to come on this podcast last summer when he uh, released his book, and I was talking to him. Um, on uh, the Instagram DMs, and then his freaking publicist or guy that manages his stuff, and he was all about it, and then he freaking clowned me at the last second. I was pissed. I'm still pissed off about that. But uh, I was gonna say, but yeah. So Netflix, everyone hates Carol. So they obviously wanted to put that there. They don't. They didn't show all the amazing good things she does. She's got like two million on the the Facebook. So she's obviously doing something, you know, right. People like it. But um, I mean. Okay, hey, you can say what you want. Carol's weird, and but, I mean, everyone likes Joe Exotic, but this dude was literally got these one, two young kids hooked on meth to have sexual relations with him. They're not gay. They're both straight. Um, wasn't paying nobody nothing. Total narcissist, all about himself. Like, So it's not like he was a saint either, but they kind of put him in a decent light. You know what I mean?
0: Well, even I saw on Twitter... There's a video. I think it's a campaign video of him saying, "Why can't I say the n-word?" And they didn't show that part on Netflix because that pissed a lot of people off. So that while I was watching that, that lesson that my teacher owed, that taught me um, that's always stuck with me while I'm watching a documentary. And I think it's a great thing. It was. It's one of the best lessons. It's a good life lesson, and it was so it's always in the back of your mind is why is the, why are they leading me down this road? Like, what do they want me to think? So it's good at the end of the day to come to the conclusions yourself. And then after you watch a documentary, do your own research as well.
1: It's a great thing to lead off of. Uh, You had a good teacher, whoever told you to do that. And especially with Michael Moore, like he's the definition of someone that's trying to skew your point of view to exactly what he wants. So, yeah, check out those documentaries. Um uh, let us know what you think. Uh if if you want us to to talk about other documentaries, let us know recommended to us on the Instagram, Facebook. If you have our numbers, text us. Um <clears throat>
0: yeah, good. See ya. Yeah, definitely throw in some documentary recommendations. I love them. So, thank you guys.